you are you a are you a um, what you might call like a like a garden warrior? Do you get excited about springtime and summer and go go out and dig? Actually, it's yeah, it's funny you should mention that. Like as soon as we're done, I've got some gardening things I'm going to do. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I have a, a, a little list of things. So gonna start working my way through them on this long weekend yeah that's that's my my wife and i were talking last night and how excited we are to have this long weekend so we can get a lot of work done <laughs> yeah i know funny isn't it <laughs> it's a good kind of work though yeah, kind oh, of yeah i'm looking forward to it yeah. yeah yeah nice to be able to stand back and look at something you've accomplished mm-hmm. done. as always yeah so uh mark you uh well actually i what about the the pride parades on this year we talked a little bit about that last last time last time we talked yeah, that's right. We did. Yeah, it's interesting. So I have to make a confession here, and um, that is that I only just listened to my interview, which you oh, sent yeah. me the link for it. Like, actually, I listened to it within the last two hours. That's but that's because, fine because that's what's so fun about the delay. Because by the time it comes around, it's new to both of us. Yeah, there you go. So I, I listened to it because I was thinking like, oh, I don't want to repeat myself, or I don't want to contradict myself, which would be even worse, right? So, <laughs> yeah. um, so I. I uh, listened right way through it, and of course we talked a bit about the Pride Parade right at the end, and at that time I wasn't sure if it was happening this year, and it turns out that it absolutely is, and um, so yes, so uh, this this I'm sure won't go out until after the parade, because it's only next week, but um, yeah. I'll, I'll be sharing like information um, on yeah, the Pride Parade's Facebook page. But yes, but, so by the time anyone hears this, it will have been an outstanding success, I'm sure of it. Surely, surely. And that's is that the best way if people are interested in, in either seeing how that goes, or, or even talking to you about joining in sometime is, is it best to just look you up on facebook mm-hmm. yes yeah so yeah given that that it'll already be too late for 2022 but assuming that 2023 is a go anyone listening to this later who's interested in becoming involved because they're they're really sad that they missed it this year yeah um yep. they should jump over to the pride pipers facebook page and just either post or send a message and we'll get back to you yep Cool. I'll, I'll make sure to put a link in the show notes if anybody wants to just click on that. But yeah, yeah just yeah, Pride Pipers. Great. You're the only Pride Pipers that I've seen out there. You got, you got the name. So I know, right? We talked about that. Yes, yes. Yeah. So that it. So yes, by all means. Yeah, we're always happy to have anybody who wants to be involved involved. Mm-hmm. Very good. Well, um, we we kind of have an agenda for this one more than more than usual, which is really isn't yes. saying much. There's usually not an agenda at all. So you know, we have right. one a, a single bullet pointed list here. Uh, <laughs> and talk about how to what it means to be a pipe sergeant, how to how to do it good and how to do it bad, and any any thoughts you have about pipe sergeanting. Um, maybe first though, give me a quick little rundown again of, uh, you know, when have you been in leadership positions in a band before? Um, you know, where, what you're doing right now with your band. Tell me about that. Sure. Yeah. So, um, so, uh, I, I guess, okay. So the, uh, the high level thing is that I was the pipe sergeant of the Wasatch and district grade four pipe band, and then briefly grade three, um, for, I suppose it was well over 10 years, 12, 30. Yeah. It's, I, I think I, when we formed the grade four band out of what remained of the original Wasatch band, uh, because they got moved into grade three. Mm-hmm. Um, that was in t- 2007. Um, and so at that point, they picked, a, they started a replacement grade four band and they picked Doug Hunter, who some of your listeners will probably know, sure. to be the pipe major. And they asked me to be the pipe sergeant, which I'm um, thinking back on it was a, a kind of a risky move, I guess, because I was fairly new to the band and fairly new to piping, really. So I didn't know too much about what I was supposed to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, however, they asked me if I would, and I said sure. 
And then so Doug and I stayed as that team for quite a while. So then, of course, what happened is that, you know, various pipe sergeant, pipe majors, sorry, um, cycled in and out of the band um, because of changing needs and, and, and personal uh, things. And Doug decided he was done with being a pipe major. He'd, he'd done it for six or seven years and wanted a break. So then we replaced him with Andrew uh, Morrill. Um, so I was his pipe sergeant. And then later on, the we had the same upgrade process uh, where the band got moved into grade three. Um, and so then I was pipe sergeant with Jeff Henderson. Um, okay. And then uh, then we went sort of back to... <laughs> that band uh, didn't really have the sufficient membership to make a go of it. So we reverted back to grade four, briefly pipe sergeant again for with, um, with Andrew. Um, at this point, though, we've cycled out I've, I'm now no longer a pipe sergeant, and so now we just have um, we have Eric Evenhouse, who's who's that's in that right. Role. I was going to say I, I think Eric had mentioned that to me. What uh-huh. it's probably been I guess the pandemic makes it weird, but I think it's been like has it been like three four years since Eric became the pipe sergeant? Or um, it's not as long as that. It's um, it was during the pandemic. I, I think see. is how it all kind of shuffled yeah. its way around. But yeah, I think you know it's a. Uh, I think uh, the Wasatch in general has rotated these positions. And so my tenure as pipe sergeant of the grade four was probably the longest in many ways because we've cycled out people in leadership um, in all the other groups. You know, the, um, Has that been like a proactive decision coming from the organization at times, like to say, let's not burn this person out, let's, let's switch them around? Or is it usually the pipe major or pipe sergeant saying, you know what, I need a break? I think it's the latter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wish we were, you know, if we were that mature as an organization and we really had sort of almost an executive committee running the show that was like not even... Uh, just bothered with the day-to-day stuff and just looking purely musically, then maybe we would have identified that a change needed to happen sooner or mm. tried to figure out how to keep something in place. I, I, yeah, there's all sorts of um, subtleties and intricacies of running a band, especially one the size of ours, Yeah, that mean that, you know, after the fact, you could always say, well, you know, perhaps we should have made a change sooner or perhaps we shouldn't have made that change so soon. Um, but, you know, it's iterative, right? You, you live and you learn. Yeah, yeah. so true. Yeah. Well, someday. And, I mean, of course, I, so I was talking with Ross about being a mm-hmm. pipe major recently. And, and, you know, it did come up that, like, one must keep in mind that different bands have different situations, of course. Sometimes you'll have a band that the pipe major's been in the pipe major for 30 years, and they love it, and they're never going to change. And right. sometimes you have a numbers situation where... That's really all you can hope for, because if the pipe major uh, or the drum sergeant or the pipe sergeant, if anybody steps out, uh, there is no one <laughs> willing to step in, you know? So. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we don't have unlimited resources. Yeah. And so, yeah, you, very often it's a response to, in, to the, the situation you find yourself in. Yeah. I mean, Ross, Ross has, I think Ross has had several stints as pipe major. That's right. Um, yeah. You know, and Justin Howland and uh, Andrew Morrill as well. I think the three of them between them have have led our top-level band, um, and we've done sort of the same thing with our, our other bands. We've cycled people in and out, either because they had to leave, because they needed um, to do something else, so you know, they didn't quite have the time. Um, or um, perhaps more optimally, it would, would be if you felt that somebody would benefit from having some time in that role, which mm-hmm. I think would be the ideal scenario in some ways. Like, you know, for example, Eric's a good case in point here. Um, it, Looking back, it seems like I perhaps shouldn't have clung on to what I was doing for quite as long and maybe suggested that someone else take a turn. Oh, because kind of get you, a chance to step into there. Absolutely, yeah. You build a bit, I think you build a more resilient organization if you have multiple people. You know, there's more redundancy, right? You, if you have multiple people yeah. who can do these things, 
then if someone gets sick or if there's ever an issue, then that person can just jump right in. Right? So I think that's yeah, totally desirable. Redundancy as well as like sympathy, right? Like if, if you've got players in the circle who have been in that position, then they might be better um, members of the organization and more supportive to the people currently in those positions because they know what it's like. Um, the pressures, the, 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 the things that they're worrying about, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I think it can only be a good thing. And so, and you know, there's not going to. I'm going to keep referring to Eric because I'm at this point. I'm I'm now no longer a pipe sergeant, but I'm in the band, right? So, yeah. So understanding what it means to do that role, um, I can relax and sort of become a just a regular core player. But I can also, if if Eric needs any assistance, he comes to me first. Mm-hmm. And um, so then, you know, we'll often like just jump out to the back and have a quick huddle about, you know, what's, um, uh, you know, what's needed here. Mm. And then we go back and, and, and so I think we've now got like a good team going. Yeah. So, that's yeah. interesting too. You kind of start building like a support group for the, for whoever's currently in the, in the position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's, do, I feel like it's pretty non-typical. Like if you're going to have one person who sticks around a long time, I feel like it's usually going to be the pipe major. Do you, do you feel like there were any special benefits to having sort of the, the, the constant be, not the pipe major, so that then, like, as pipe majors rotated through, you had someone else who was had already been there? Uh, yes, I would say so. Uh, I think, it, well, in our case, I think it, that was true. Mm. Um, there's always been a lot going on in Wasatch, and so to have at least some things that you don't have to think too hard about yeah. organizationally is, I think, a, a good thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and I, I tried to bring as much stability as I could, you know, to, to the role. I wonder, maybe, maybe it'll be useful to just lay out a couple of blanket disclaimers real quick, um, one of which would be would like kind of recognizing that uh, every band and every, every iteration of every band is going to have its own extenuating circumstances, and so no, no, no ideas are going to be perfectly applicable to all bands. And another would be that um, every human does things a little differently, and different doesn't have to mean one is better than the other. And so there will be things that you did that Eric does differently, and that doesn't necessarily mean that one is better than the other, simply that you're different humans. And so, of course, you did some things differently, and that's to be expected. Really, it's a good thing. 100% agree. Yeah, that's, 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 that's my sort of desire, I guess, or that I wouldn't try to kind of uh, impose my will, <laughs> yeah. uh, especially after the fact. And, um, then, uh, and also that, yes, you know, that it's horses for courses. Right? Every, mm. every band is different, and you have to... Everybody has different resources available to them, so you have to kind of do the best you can. But I think I'm hoping that maybe this will be helpful, uh, this interview, because, you know, if we talk about specifics, then maybe um, other people will hear that and jump in with theirs. Have you right. interviewed other pipe sergeants or specifically no, about that? This, this is the first time. And that's that's kind of my, my, my hope with this is to precisely be able to talk to so many pipe majors and pipe sergeants and drum sergeants, both currently in those positions and, you know, retired, if you, you know, with air quotes, um, enough of them to create like a cacophony where it's, it, you know, if I only talked to two, then if they disagreed on something, then it would be like, well, you know, there's some disagreement, right? right. But if I talk to eight or 12 or a hundred, then it becomes more of a, oh, look at, you know, here's some ideas, here's some ideas, and kind of becomes a buffet that people can listen to and go, I like that idea, I'm not going to do that. I tried that once, it didn't work, but this works for me, you know, that kind of thing. I think that would be ideal. Yeah, yeah. That's the ideal scenario. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so help me, uh, help me break this uh, untested ground gracefully. Um, 
what 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 comes to mind if I were to come to you and say, "Why, well, hey man, I just I was just made the pipe sergeant in my pipe band." Uh, do you have any initial advice you would give me? Uh, yes, I think I would. So Assuming I'm see. extremely receptive, I'm like very yeah. much looking. You know, like this is an ideal situation. Yeah. So I think that um, probably the best the best advice that I could that I would know how to give would be to be a, as good a communicator as you can. In other words, keep the lines of communication as open as you possibly can. Mm. Um, so when I became pipe sergeant of Wasatch and Doug Hunter became the pipe major, neither of us had done anything like that before. All we've done is watch other people do it. And, and did this so, happen on the same day? You both came into those positions at the same time? I think it did. It, it wasn't sort of a very cut and dry point in time and uh, to be honest you know we, the band that they formed in the wake of the grade 3's upgrade was quite small so mm. it wasn't like we were put in charge of a huge thing um, there were maybe a half a dozen or so people in it um, but we did have to talk with each other about what we were, should do um, and so we we spent a lot of time talking and I think that's probably one of the most the keys is that the pipe major and the pipe sergeant should be talking to one another a lot now, tell me a little bit about how that looked. Did you have like a a text conversation constantly happening? A lot of emails back and forth, formally setting up weekly meetings, going on hikes together on the weekends. Like, what, <laughs> what, what did this look like? <laughs> I didn't go on hikes with Doug, um, but I did. We I went to his house, or he would come over here. I, I, it, I we 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 talked in person. We would carve out times before or after band practice um, to kind of talk about what was working and what wasn't. Mm. And um, even if all it was was us scratching our heads over a shared problem that neither of us could quite understand, just talking it out usually um, gave us something to work with. Mm, yeah. um, so, I mean, that's a rather general statement to say you must have good communication. Um, but I think, you know, if you didn't, then that would make things very difficult. So, um, so step one is to make sure that you've got free and open communication with, the, with your fellow leaders, I think. Yeah. What... Um, yeah. This is slightly off to the side, but does does Wasatch use any kind of like group messaging, calendaring kind of like an app or a platform, you know, Slack or Google Chats or anything like that? Uh, sort of. It sort of comes and goes a little does bit. We, um, yeah, we, there was an attempt to use Slack a while back. I think some people jumped into it. I think that actually what happens is that I think well, what has happened, I think, is the various cores have used certain things like that amongst themselves or within mm, cause maybe not um, organization wide but but not organization wide right. and there's often not too much that we have to say that would apply to absolutely everybody anyway mm. um so we do a certain amount of email yeah so those kind of electronic communications you know you i suppose yes i'd be texting with with individuals but using probably you know email um for most things that aren't urgent yeah now, do you do you feel like you you pretty regularly had like like these when you would set aside time to talk before and after practice, by for example, which which yeah. is a great idea since everybody's getting together anyway. Just show up, mm -hmm. you know, fifteen minutes earlier, stick around a little late. Yeah. Um, was this like was it very often that you were showing up with with an agenda, or was it more like uh, here are a couple things I've been thinking about? What have you been thinking about? Uh, you know, I'm just. It, Again, we're not saying like this is absolutely the way everybody should do it. I'm just curious to I want to get as much of a look inside how things have happened for you as possible, you know. Right. Sure. Yes. Okay. So at the beginning, when when we didn't really know each other very well, you know, we all of that stuff was sort of establishing kind of a personal relationship. That's where you should have gone and, on some and, hikes, right? 
<laughs> go do some cheese tasting or something. Yeah, wow. something. Well, beer tasting, I guess, is what we did do. But yeah, so we, yeah, we did some stuff like that. And um, but then as as you get more into the nitty gritty of it, um, uh, what we would often do actually is uh, we would make recordings of the of band practice. Oh yeah. And then we would sort of review them separately. And then what we would talk about is kind of what our thoughts were on what we heard. Oh. Um, so that I guess my other my second highest thing that I would mention would be um, to be a good musical listener is very important, especially mm. as the pipe sergeant, because you often, um, the pipe major is usually leading the group, and as pipe sergeant you have the opportunity to kind of step out and listen, and so um, I did a lot of listening, um, I listened to our recordings, I listened to, to um, and then Doug and I would talk at length about what we heard and what we thought was the root of that particular problem. Like, were people actually going too fast or were they just making lots of mistakes that made it sound like they were going too fast? Mm, so kind of comparing um, notes yep. on what you're uh -huh. hearing there. Yeah, so it's quite diagnostic, actually. Yeah. And then, you know, in the same manner, actually, we used to have sessions where at the end of the year, when we were getting ready to pick music for the next year, trying sort of brainstorming sessions, trying to figure out what tunes would play well with each other and how to put together the sets that we were going to play. Mm, sure. And um, so quite a bit of sort of critical uh, like assessment of tunes and, and whether they were suitable. Now, I, w I want to make sure I'm being diplomatic here. Um, let's not leave out the drummers. Were you pulling a, a drum sergeant into these conversations as well? Um, initially, we did not. <laughs> um, and, and that was a mistake. Um, but yeah, we, that's we, we, called a lesson learned, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we did, that was definitely a lesson learned. Um, it, it, it took a while to um, also then expand that leadership kind of uh, conversation to include the drum sergeant as well. Mm -hmm. And I think that was just purely down to our inexperience. You know, it's, um, and I, I, as, I, as I've listened more, um, I've, I get a much better appreciation of how the drum scores mesh with the pipe scores mm -hmm. and how drumming in general meshes with piping. So you become a little bit better able to, to, to notice features that are helpful. Mm. A little more of an ear for ensemble, huh? Definitely. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's surprising how complex uh, this endeavor is. Yeah. Because even when you only have, you know, a handful of pipers and a handful of drummers standing in a circle playing tunes, there's a, a huge amount of complexity to it, it turns out. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. um, there's a lot of things to wrangle all at once. Yeah, and, that's, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's part of why you're even just, it's such a simple thing, but like, I've, I've never done it. The, the suggestion that you would regularly gather a recording from practice, uh, or mm -hmm. from rehearsal, rather, and, and review it, um, and then talk about it together, it's, it's like, well, of course, when you're standing in the circle, a big chunk of your brain is going to be taken up by what you're doing. Exactly, and so yes. then it's it's in that review afterward that you can actually listen to the whole ensemble and get more of an overall view. How's the how's the band sounding? Yes, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's that's a that has was a long transition for me. It took a long time to get to the point where I could actually listen to the whole band, sort of more objectively, mm, yeah. and and not just as I kind of experienced it in the moment. Mm. I can see that being a big benefit from discussing it between the two of you as well before before sort of like bringing feedback to the band. You know, like I certainly have made mistakes before where my perception of what was happening was not accurate. And so then when I would speak to it, um, 
it really was going out into the air and not doing any good. You know what I mean? Because it was like very, I very much had blinders on, uh, figuratively. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, I think I'm a fairly analytical person anyway. Um, and so I, that was, I guess, a, a personal skill that I brought to the role. Um, now, you also have yeah. a pretty, um, pretty long, like a lifelong background of sort of like being in technical music. Um, mm-hmm. And so I wonder what so many of us are coming to bagpipes or, or, or pipe band drumming. This is our first experience with music. Many of us do this in, in adulthood. And so it might be that a pipe sergeant comes into this and wants to listen and does listen, but doesn't know what they're listening for, you know? Do you feel like uh, you, you, you have a background in music, but not necessarily as long of a background in bagpipes? That's something that's a bit newer to you. Do you feel like you have found any practices or courses or resources that have been useful to you in figuring out what a pipe band should sound like so you know what you're going for when you listen to those recordings? Yes, yes, yeah. And in fact, <laughs> so yeah, so I also listen to the top bands a lot. Mm. Um, and I, I don't just listen to them for enjoyment, although it's always enjoyable. <laughs> um, I listen to them to see if I can figure out, like, so here's, in other words, that's sort of our benchmark, right? So if you listen to somebody like Field Marshal Montgomery playing a medley or Inverarian District playing an MSR, um, that's pretty much like how an MSR or a medley ought to be played. So, you know, if it, whatever you can derive from that is mm. going to be helpful. And you're not going to be able to show up and and make, you know, Wasatch or Garden Valley or whatever suddenly sound like Field Marshal. Yeah, um, but but of course, you know, the, <laughs> but what you are going to be able to do, though, is, is, is listen to what works musically and why it works. Mm. And so um, I, I guess that I've, uh, when I've, so those are, I think, is it, those, all those recordings that are, exist of these good bands playing, especially in recent years, mm-hmm. are, I think, a huge resource. To, I think anyone in leadership should be listening to those uh, with sort of a very critical ear and saying, well, how did, why is it that that sounded so good? And what was it about it that, that was, was really good? And what can, how can we translate that to our group of people who, like you say, are maybe have come to this quite lately mm-hmm. and they're sort of, they, they perhaps they don't really understand the context because they're brand new learners. So they don't even know what kind of goes on out there in the pipe band world. So it becomes, I guess, an educational endeavor. Mm. So you have to not only um, educate all of your members in or explain to them what they ought to be doing technically to be better, but also explain to them what a bagpipe uh, band ought to sound like mm-hmm. um, and, and why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's 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 the thing. It's like this this infinite drilling down and getting more and more specific, isn't it? Because it's not just like here, this sounds good, doesn't it? Let's sound like that. You got to right. go another step and go, here's why it sounds good. And then you got to go another step and go, here's how we get to sounding, you know, the, here's how we do the why to get to the sounding good. Um, exactly. And so, you know, as someone in leadership, like they're looking, people in the rest of the group are looking to you to lead. And mm-hmm. so what they, what they want from you is something actionable. Um, so it... it mm, that's a good point. You don't want a pipe sergeant to say to you, go home and practice. You want them to yeah, say, it doesn't mean anything. Here's the thing to work on this week. Yes. Here are the measures, or here's the yeah. exercise, or whatever it is. Yeah, that that sounded that sounded really good, or that sounded really bad, without any sort of um, <laughs> yeah. you know context to why it did or didn't. And um, uh, yeah, so I think that to to be as specific as possible is always helpful. Um, and as you mentioned, especially since so many people in piping are maybe don't have a big musical background anyway. So what you can if you can. 
give musical context to it by whatever means necessary. I think that helps people have a better understanding of what they're doing. Mm. Yeah. Um, recently, uh, we, in Garden Valley, we've been talking about um, maybe using, you know, all pipe bands are strapped for cash all the time, right? Uh, especially because we haven't been able to do parades for a couple yeah. years. Um, yep. Uh, but when there are funds available and trying to figure out what the smartest investment is, you know, of course, you need reeds and mallets and all that kind of stuff. But we've been talking about, like, if there's money available, maybe one thing we ought to consider is providing education for the leadership people, um, you know, getting them a subscription to Dojo University or, or Rhythm Monster or something like that, you know, um, hoping that then if, as they learn these cool things, it gets disseminated into the band. We've done the same thing. Yeah, we've done. We, we've had the same conversations, and I, I don't remember if at the moment we're doing this, but I know that um, I think we did make some funds available to certain of our members in leadership to, to do exactly what you just said. Mm. To, to, and, um, and a lot of uh, our members are doing that on their own as well. I think that's that's actually true of many members in bands up and down the Wasatch Front, who are, for example, have uh, private tuition from people like Jack Lee, for example, mm, or yeah. Bob Worrell. You know, like. You couldn't take a lesson from anybody better right. <laughs> than those people, right? And so, if if some if if multiple members of your band are getting that kind of very very high level of um, tuition, that's got to be a good thing. Yeah. Um, but to your point, I'm not sure if I'd be interested to know if anybody's taking lessons, so to speak, in leadership, because right. that's that's an interesting thought. I wonder what would happen if I contacted jack lee and said jack what i'd like to get from, i'd like to have lessons with you but not piping lessons right um i'd like to get pipe sergeant lessons because of course you know he's the pipe sergeant the epitome of the pipe sergeant of yeah. excellence right he's the pipe sergeant of the um simon fraser university band and sort of the one of the best pipers who's ever lived essentially yeah um so that would be an interesting um uh, endeavor i think i wonder if you'd be up for it Wow. Yeah, I I wonder about that too. I that's it, it came up briefly when, when I was talking with Ross and uh, that like he he was like, well, you know, shoot, if somebody came to me and said, I want to learn how to play pipes better, but I also want to be a better pipe major, I'd gear my lessons toward that. And I was hmm. like, oh well, yeah, that makes sense. Why didn't are people doing this? <laughs> you know, is this a thing? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's there's plenty of people out there who could. I would, yeah. I would argue. So yeah, it's a. Uh, I mean, we we've in the in the past, we in Wasatch, and I know other bands have done the same thing. They bring in these people to do um, workshops, for example. Right, yeah. I hear the Chanaran boys talk all the time about how they bring huh? Stuart Little in pretty pretty, pretty frequently. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. I think, um, you know, Jack Lee, just since I mentioned him, he's been to Utah numerous times to, to probably all the different bands, I think, at this point. I think that the Salt Lake Scots have brought him in. I, I know mm-hmm. we have. Um, uh, and then... Um, I think maybe the Utah Pipe Band did one time also. You know, he's probably getting sick of coming here. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think there is definitely an appetite for for that, those nuggets of knowledge. And, yeah. you know, if you, and why wouldn't you, if you can see someone who's really had a very successful career doing this, that you would want to, to find out as much about it as you could. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think I've heard, too... Um, Mike Swan works with Andrew Douglas, and he's mentioned he did he did uh, he did some stewarding for one of these things that Piper's Dojo did. They're like mm-hmm. uh, pipe majors uh, clinics or forums or something like that, where it's kind of more of a group thing with limited seats. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah. So that uh, maybe we can see more of that kind of stuff popping up. Huh? That, that, 
that'd be useful. Um, I could see that happening. Yes, I think that, you know the, when, as soon as everybody had internet access and sort of mm-hmm. pipers re- and the top pipers realized it, they immediately sort of hung out their shingle right and started giving lessons. Yeah. Um, but now, um, you know, lots of people are doing that. But yeah, I think this could be the next thing. That's uh, you know, it's um, it's now more of a knowledge sharing, um, in a wider sense. Yeah. Could start occurring. Yeah. Now, um, speaking of the Chain Rant boys, uh, I have heard them talk often about having kind of a good pa- good cop, bad cop kind of vibe between the pipe major and pipe sergeant. <laughs> do, you, okay. do you feel like that's a dynamic that's ever come up in your experience, whether you were in that position or you've witnessed it? Do you feel like that's useful? Um, I, I, and I'm not, <laughs> I should be clear, not that I think they, they couldn't take it. I don't, I'm not saying criticize the Las Vegas pipe band. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just, you know, I can imagine, you know, maybe this is a good way to approach it. Maybe it isn't. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts? Any experiences um, with that? I think probably, so if, in, in any given scenario, if that were the case, I would probably always be the good cop, just mm-hmm. saying. <laughs> um, so, but uh, I think that, you know, during my tenure with Doug, um, Doug was the kind of straight-talking person who you might have described himself as a bad cop. <laughs> I actually, I, um, his nickname, he, so what people don't know about Doug maybe is that he used to do a lot of mountain man stuff and go to mountain man gatherings. Yeah, I, I've heard that, but yeah, I don't know. Okay, else. so yeah, yeah. so I, and, uh, I guess when you do that, you have a mountain man name. Mm. And his name was the Badger. Oh, was it? Because, and, he, and that was because, in his words, he was an ornery so-and-so. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, and uh, you know, he, I think that what he and I developed was probably a sort of good cop bad cop um kind of approach to running the band i, I it makes it s- this, this kind of dynamic maybe is better referred to as like mama papa or or maybe or <laughs> like hard and soft i don't know it's not there's maybe there's another way that's yeah. more applicable but yeah, yeah. go yeah. go on I mean, we didn't set out to do that right yeah we didn't set out to do that i mean that's just the people we are you know yeah. um, you know doug, doug uh, knows what he knew knows what he wants and he's very direct and clear about it and so what I would then do is, and most of the time that works really well, actually, um, especially with sort of a more regimented approach, mm-hmm. which you kind of have to have where you've got all these people, you're trying to make them play and sound exactly the same. Um, sometimes, though, you know, there are certain people for whom that approach doesn't work as well yeah, because they just push back against it or it just doesn't or it doesn't mean something to them. And so there, then I would have to be the sort of person who would keep an eye out for that. And if it, if it was obvious it wasn't quite kind of hit, uh, hitting the mark, then I would kind of run around the back and sort of uh, fill in the gaps, I guess. So it wasn't like they were, they were complementary um, right, approaches, yeah, right? Yeah. The good, it wasn't either good or bad. We weren't, you know, like one minute berating the band and the next minute kind of um, complimenting them. It was more of a kind of a, we covered all the bases by doing it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, you know, that was how we did it with, uh, with Doug and me. Um, but, you know, once once Doug decided to step away from it and Andrew Morrill took his place, then I had to sort of reestablish that, um, that uh, relationship again. And I don't, I wouldn't describe Andrew as a bad cop in his approach to, to no, he's such a, such a relaxed person. I can't be in in any way, uh, mean. (laughs) No, no, and to be clear, Doug was never mean. Right. You're you're uh, right. So we're not, words are not very precise. (laughs) Yeah. Talking about, are they? (laughs) Yeah. But he, you know, he was a he was more of a strict kind of disciplinarian. I say yeah. that, I would say that I am. Now, once I was working with Andrew, then it almost actually seemed like it flipped a little bit, right? So yeah, you know, I, I was the one saying, you know, this is this specific thing is just wrong. Like you're playing this with the exact wrong rhythm, and uh, and you need to figure that out. 
<laughs> yeah, and this is like, <laughs> and so, as long as everybody at the table is on the same page, like, yeah. we have limited time, we're here to find the problems and uproot the problems. So the most efficient way to do that is say, there's the problem, and point yeah. right at it. So this isn't anybody being mean, or at least it shouldn't be. I suppose there's, there's potential for a really bad approach, right? Somebody might say, hey, that was horrible, you know, you're, you're really bad at this, you know, there's no need for that kind of stuff. But to point at a problem and say, this is what we need to fix, is not um, equivalent to being a mean or a bad cop, you know, yeah, these, yeah. these words aren't exactly what we're looking for, are they? Right. Yeah. No, I, I don't think so. But, but I, I, I think the most people have a fairly good idea of the idea of what a good cop, bad cop approach might be. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, it's a useful tool in the sense that, you know, it makes sense to people and the, um, and I think that, um, we, uh, you know, each, each sort of pairing that I've been part of and, um, actually I must, bring the drummers back in again because i keep forgetting to do that but yes during that time i've also (laughs) i've also worked with um let's see two we we rotated a lot of drum sergeants for a while there Mm. and during the time that doug and i were running the show but we kind of settled on one person eventually and then so since then it's always been just a couple of different um i guess two or three different drum sergeants that i've worked with but that once again is an interesting dynamic yeah yeah it, it, it is a little different um in that they are, uh, of course, we're all members of the band, but between the pipe major and pipe sergeant, you both are on the same instrument. Um, and, right. and so then you got the drummers on other instruments, not just often. So, you know, usually it's a snare. I don't think it has to be that way, but, you know, it's not just one on different instrument. It's, it's the whole, you know, the midsection and the snares too. Yeah. Yeah. An ensemble is something that's come along, like the, the, the ability to kind of gauge ensemble has taken much longer for me. Yeah. Um, and actually, so speaking specifically, then say from a pipe sergeant point of view, I, I don't know if I think most bands uh, configure their band about the same, uh, physically speaking, mm. which is to say that in the circle, uh, you kind of have a triangle formed by the pipe major, the pipe sergeant, and the drum sergeant. Yeah, certainly. With the sort of bass drum kind of in the middle. And uh, what it means is that, for me anyway, as pipe sergeant, what I found was that it was a really good spot to be um, because I could equally well see uh, the pipe major and the drum sergeant. Mm. And so it took a while, but now when I play, even though I'm no longer the pipe sergeant, I'm still watching them both almost equally, actually. But, oh man, th- that is exactly the kind of habit. that th- There you go. That's This is another reason why we would want a lot of membership to rotate through these positions, right? Because if you spend yeah. a few years thinking hard about that, about mm-hmm. connecting the pipe major to the pipe sergeant as you play too, yes. if everybody in the circle's doing that, oh, that you're going to be right on. It, yeah, it's, it's interesting because it's understood, right, that the pipe major is probably watching the drum sergeant for the most part. Mm-hmm. And, what, and then they're expecting everybody to watch them. Um, but the pipe sergeant... The way I interpreted that role actually was to sort of keep an equal eye on both, mm. um, because very often um, after we were done playing and then we would huddle, um, the conversation between the pipe major and the drum sergeant would be very different from what I had seen. Interesting. And so that's where I would kind of bring in like a little bit more of a sort of outsider perspective from that, like a, that linkage that you have between the the, the lead drummer and the the deep piper. Did you ever feel like you were a tiebreaker? <laughs> like, oh, and the other had the other idea. Um, and you were like, well, actually, guys. <laughs> sometimes, or you know, like, uh, yeah, I, or maybe I would, um, 
I would represent each to the other. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yes, yeah. yeah. So if, you know, um, if, if, say, Andrew was very insistent on a thing, but I could see that it was, from my perspective, it was a little different, then I could maybe kind of represent, like, represent the drummers a little bit to him. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, become a, a sort of a diplomat. I right, suppose. right, yeah. 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 Um, do you feel like you witnessed in your experiences, when you kind of did that, um, sort of like that approach shift, based on what the current pipe major's approach was. Do you feel uh, like you witnessed the same thing coming from pipe majors as well? Like, is this a dynamic that happens between the two and then, th you know, the three people really in leadership positions or more, depending on the band, um, where everybody gets a feel for where everybody is at? Or do you feel like it might be an especially useful skill for a pipe sergeant to have that in mind so they can kind of fill the gaps that might be uh, left? It, it might be. I mean, I, I try to be the neutral third party, I think, mm. a little bit. I mean, uh, you know, I'm Piper, so I'm thinking about piping a lot. But um, but to try to make sure that what I was really thinking about was ensemble. Yeah. Um, I, I, I it probably depends on the band, right? Once again, sure. you know, it, it it also depends on the size of the group. Um, because that approach becomes more important when you have a very large band. Um, so if and and band sizes kind of go up and down, right? We we've experienced this in Wasatch. Mm -hmm. um, we've gone from sometimes I've played in a group in Wasatch that had twenty plus pipers in it. Mm. What a what a big um, sound, which is man. which is crazy. It's yeah. big, right? You know, and um, but other times then it's dwindled and we're we're down to the minimum, right? right. Six seven pipers. Yeah. Um, so what what works for one size group doesn't necessarily work or translates to the to a different size group yeah um so if i've so i guess i've learned to listen differently depending on the size of the of the group we're playing with mm. Mm. because you know if, if you have 20 pipers there's actually probably it's very unlikely that the pipe major is going to be able to hear everything yeah, that's a lot. Um, that's a lot. So therefore, it, it's quite important to have somebody else sort of stationed a little, some distance away, that can kind of uh, triangulate. Yeah, uh, for and you. when dealing with a group that size, it might even be beneficial to consider uh, finding someone to fill the um, not always present role of pipe corporal to <laughs> bring yet another person into. That's that. a good point. Yes. Yeah. 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 The, the more ears you have, and maybe that's what I'm doing now because some. Um, because I'm not pipe sergeant anymore, but there is, there's, you know, there's Eric, myself, there's Andrew, mm -hmm. and yeah. currently we have Matt Biggs as our lead drummer. So you know, the, the the all of us can listen together and sort of try to figure out what's going on. Yeah. Is it does it sound right? Yep. Yeah. Did have you ever have you found that there's often a splitting up of duties, like at at rehearsal as well as competition, where the pipe sergeant ends up um, either moving the tape or playing for tape to be moved when tuning. Or, or other stuff like that? Is there kind of a, a set of uh, sort of duties that fall to the pipe sergeant? Uh, yes, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we, I mean, it, we definitely have developed that over the years in Wasatch, and I've noticed by watching other bands that not everybody does it exactly the same. Yeah. Um, but the way we do it is um, the pipe major does the chanters. But, meaning the, they, uh, the pipe major plays and people tune to the pipe major's chanter? Correct, and the, yeah. the pipe major is the only one who moves tape. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. so they're doing all of it. They don't have a third person on their knees there in between the two chanters destroying their hearing as they move. <laughs> right. No, we don't have a third person doing chanters. Um, uh, and that's across all of our bands, actually. Mm. Now I think about it. Yeah, it's, it's, it, 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 was sort of, it was kind of already in place anyway, right back at the very beginning when we only had one band. Um, but then it sort of got more formalized, I think, probably 
during the time period that Ross and Justin Howland went to play with Triumph Street for a oh, year or yeah. two. Yeah. Um, because you know they 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 a, a grade a large grade one band needs to have a very efficient means of tuning a band quickly. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that was one of the invaluable invaluable skills that Ross especially learned from his time up there mm -hmm. was how to move around a band very fast and very quickly get people's chanters ready. Um, and if you look at the grade one bands, um, I think pretty much only the pipe major moves tape around as, as I think about mm. um, what I'm seeing. I, it's, it's pretty rare. Even bands with a very skilled pipe sergeant, um, they might do a little bit of adjustment. I guess watching SFU, I think Jack Lee does maybe run around some of the, uh, some of the circle tuning yeah. that way. Um, but the way we've done it in Wasatch anyway is that the pipe sergeant is responsible for tuning drones mm. um, with a backup if needed. Like someone to hold the tuner for you or something like that? Um, well, if the, if the band's too big to get round quickly ah, enough, sure. then you have a second person tuning drones, right? But um, gotcha. so, so it would be, when I was pipe sergeant, it was Eric was, my, was the backup, right? So we would basically each take a tuner and go... Um, opposite directions around the band and meet right, up in the middle. The so that would get the band tuned drones like twice as fast. That's a really good point. Uh, my, yeah. my wife often laughs at, at, at me and you know us as a piping community that we um, we say we play instruments, but really so much of what we do is tuning instruments. Um, and like so much of the <laughs> yeah. results on competition day are like, well, how did the tuning go before you even got into the circle? You know, very much, very much so. Yes, yeah, yeah. That's a it's a big big part of it. It can so, be it can be yeah. frustrating too, right? When you, when you get together at a rehearsal and what you want to do is play the material, but you sometimes feel like you're stuck between either not enjoying it very much because you didn't take the time to tune perfectly and so because you wanted to get right to the material, or yeah. eating up so much rehearsal time with tuning that you don't have much time left for actually rehearsing. And so finding yes. ways to make that more efficient that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and we've been, we have definitely benefited from that. So the, so watching. Uh, how quick Ross is at tuning. Andrew's pretty quick too. I think I would argue Ross is probably faster at tuning than Andrew is. Um, but uh, we should set up a competition next time. <laughs> next time we See? have some kind of like gathering, you know, with yeah. the, the local uh, Westboro district, you know, we'll we'll set them up. We'll give them each six pipers and see who can get to the end of the line. That's first. right. Yeah, just take all the tape off their chanters yeah, and then say, right. "There you go." Right? <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that would be an interesting uh, competition. Um, I think yeah. So so you know, if if you. So there's various components to this, but you're absolutely right. People get together to play because they want to play. They don't want to listen to their person next to them get tuned for 20 minutes, right? right. They just want to start playing. So, um, so we've done a whole bunch of things within the band to try to shorten that um, that curve as much as possible. Mm. So having the same people tune drones each time, each have the same tuner, we each have the same procedure that we always do. So it becomes very habitual. Um, so it, it can be accomplished very quickly. And um, we also have, you know, made sure that the band members are understand that they are, that they have a band chanter that they don't touch during the in interim period when uh, between rehearsals. Yeah. Um, and you know, not giving away any trade secrets here, but we also um, started using tone protectors. Mm, yeah. Which are those things that you know keep your reed at a constant humi constant humidity. No. Um, and, when you say they don't touch their chanters, do they not? Does that mean they don't move tape on their band chanter, or do they not play their band chanter? No, they they play it, but they okay. don't they don't adjust it. Right, gotcha. Um, and so you know, if it sounds wonky, then I guess that's too bad. It shouldn't sound wonky because <laughs> unless your read 
did something bad during yeah. the week, then it should sound pretty much the same all the time. Mm-hmm. Like it wouldn't, it wouldn't, and then that way on a Thursday when we have band practice, then that's your opportunity to get um, tweaked back into alignment with everybody else, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, and the use of those tone protectors has been great because it means so those pretty have much, been good, huh? Oh, amazing, amazing! Yeah. It's a, it, that that also it shortens the time greatly because you don't have to spend a long time playing uh, uh, at the beginning of rehearsal um, because pretty much everybody's read is already at the at the um, sort of stable equilibrium that it that it was when you left off playing last time. Have you been using those long enough to have a feel for if they affect the longevity of the read? Because uh, being in this dry climate here in Utah, I, I have mm-hmm. wondered if having my reed get real wet while I play and then real dry when I don't, just every day back and forth, back and forth. If that yeah, like a cycling. Right. I've wondered if that might, might maybe my reeds would last longer if they stayed in a constant state instead of going back and forth, you know? That's an, that's an interesting question. Yeah, I, I haven't actually been monitoring that, but I, it wouldn't be hard to, I guess... You know, as a band, we buy a lot of reeds, right? Sure, yeah. Um, and so if, I think the way we could probably tell if we suddenly discovered that we didn't have to buy reeds as often, yeah, collectively, you could look right? At the, look at the record. Because, person, huh? <laughs> yeah, because individual pipers, it might not be very clear on a piper-to-piper basis, but if you are buying, you know, eight dozen reeds mm-hmm. um, and you're having to do that on a regular basis, that's a big financial outlay. So yeah. you know, I guess, you know, if if, if preventing the reeds from... S- humidity cycling quite so much you know they you play them so they get wet then they dry out between playing the tone protectors mean they never quite dry out like that and i don't think um some people might think that mold could be a problem but i haven't heard anybody report that it is Mm. i think actually it's possible that those little packets have a um, something in or something i think it's possible yeah i can't remember to be honest but yeah but but i I personally uh, found it so much easier like you know especially with we talked last time about um doing funeral gigs and things like that you know when yeah. you get to a place um, you never quite know how soon you're going to have to play yes yeah, so true um, because you know people arrive at random times yeah. sometimes they arrive early so um knowing that when i get there i only I'm, I'm likely only to need to play for a few minutes um to be completely ready to go is is really nice so, yeah um, that yeah. that's the that's the last straw for me i'm i'm gonna get one of these some some kind of humidity control system <laughs> i i rolled the, the last funeral i played i rolled up and they were already there i was a, i was yeah. a half hour early and they were already there yeah. you know it's, and yeah. and they apologized they're like sorry we had the wrong information so it's not your fault but it put me in that awkward position of like tuning as i walk across the cemetery to them mm-hmm. you know it was, yes that's... that was not nice Never ideal, yeah. So yeah, so all of these things, right? I guess you know, in terms of running, in helping to run a band, um, and maybe these are the kind of like my, my thought is always that the that the the division of labor between the pipe major and the pipe sergeant is that the pipe major should be as much as possible entirely focused on the music, yeah. Um, and the pipe sergeant's job is to focus on everything else. I mean, as well as the music, but everything else that the pipe major doesn't have to. Mm-hmm. So, um, so even though that we, I'm saying, well, the pipe major is the only one who adjusts tape, for example, but the pipe sergeant could alert the pipe major mm. to that. Mm-hmm. So I do, I did spend a lot of time walking around the outside of the circle trying to see if um, there were issues and what they, and so then like, that we could fix them more quickly. And yeah, be playing again. Is that was that a pretty regular thing for you as pipe sergeant that just during rehearsal, kind of at random when it felt right, you just kind of stop playing and step out and walk around, so then the pipe major can keep everybody going through the through the medley, but you're taking notes as you go around. 
very much so. Very much so. I made it. I made it over the years. I made it more and more my habit to do that. Did you ever get a um, clipboard yeah. so that the players? It's like you could also acclimatize the players to having a judge <laughs> breathing down their neck. Just no, I didn't do that, but I should have. <laughs> yeah. That would have been a good idea. Well, exposure <laughs> therapy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I would, but I would do that a lot. And actually, so I also when we would go occasionally to Enumcore. Yeah. Um, because Simon Fraser University would often be there, I would actually shadow Jack Lee. He didn't know I was shadowing him, but I would basically, when we weren't playing, I would go over to SFU's area, especially mm. when they were when they were practicing, and watch what Jack did, mm. because I figured that whatever he did is probably what I ought to be doing. Yeah. So you know, as he would be going around and li- he did, he does a lot of listening. Mm. If you've ever watched, he could, he he's, he listens just so attentively. It's incredible. Um. So I, I kind of took that approach, the same approach myself. It seemed like I figured that if Jack Lee is doing that, then I probably should be too. So I would spend a lot of time walking around the outside of the circle trying to listen to what it sounded like overall and sort of piper by piper as well. Hmm. I feel like as we're talking, the, the thing that's distilling in my mind is that like a simple, like a one-sentence job description for a pipe sergeant might be fill the gaps, whether that's in personality and approach or just like these these utilitarian like this thing needs done uh-huh. uh i'll go do this thing i'll take care of it yes yeah I, I, I very much so yeah yeah so the yeah the focus of the pipe major should be as much as possible music yeah to the to the limit possible it should be just music and then the pipe sergeant kind of picks up all those other gaps but yeah and, and in fact so um eric i think has done an excellent job of this since he's become pipe major much better than i did um he does a lot more um he sends out um emails to the band like just general emails like you know get work on your pipes or you know make sure mm. you do the following maintenance uh, he um he makes sure everybody knows if there's a rehearsal change of location for example um or if anything else needs to get out there he's he's very good at, at that and um so that's the other thing so the pipe major doesn't have to think about that so you mentioned yeah. having open lines of communication maybe the pipe mm-hmm. sergeant is also making sure that those lines are open for everybody not just between themselves and the pipe major and the pipe and the drum sergeant mm-hmm. um, i mean i can imagine that like then if if a piper or a drummer has something come up or they need to talk to somebody about something whether it's a you know a, a, an hr thing or 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 just a logistics thing whatever it is if they've got this person the pipe sergeant who's communicating with them weekly at least over the last four or five years, they're going to be more comfortable and it's going to be easier to be like, hey, man, you know, hey, pipe sergeant, here's, th- here's this thing. Rather than having leadership I, be yeah, unapproachable. It, exactly. And in fact, as you were talking there, I was just getting ready to say that the pipe sergeant is a little bit like the HR oh, department you? as well. <laughs> I, should, I, yeah, should so, do, I, I should just shut up and let you talk, man. <laughs> I, well, no, I'll put the opposite. <laughs> um, I think that some... Um, yeah, over the years, you know, and this maybe this goes back to sort of the, the, the good cop, bad cop approach. I don't know, if, if, if the pipe sergeant is the good cop, whoever is the good cop, I suppose, but if the pipe sergeant is the good cop, so, so-called, mm-hmm. then maybe the membership are likely to come to them first and say, hey, I'm having this problem for whatever yeah. reason, and then, then the pipe sergeant can sort of go and break the news <laughs> to sure. the pipe major. Yeah. Um, if, if, if what I'm saying is true, and if the pipe major should only be concerned with music, right? I mean, that's, that's not always going to be the case, for example. Like yeah. you said, like pipe majors who've, who've sort of inherited a band or brought it up, and it's very much like their band, uh, it's probably, that's a different dynamic, a very different dynamic. Yeah. So maybe you wouldn't need to have something like that. In, a, yeah. in an organization which is perhaps more of a almost like a family feel to it or you know it's 
it wouldn't necessarily be appropriate for every situation, I guess. Right, right. Yeah, there definitely are bands that are more organization-based, and there are others that are more um, human-based, like as individual person-based. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we've had to respond to, in Wasatch, because we are highly organization-based, we've got, like, people from all over... Um, we even mentioned this in the last interview, right? That, that there are people in the band I don't even know who they are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, g- given that, given that, um, then there need to be structures in place that keep things running smoothly. So perhaps we've just responded because of the situation we find ourselves in. Sure. So, you know, we we have like a path. So if any member has an issue, then they know who to talk to about it. Yeah. Now, um, when it comes to like um, playing your pipes as the pipe sergeant. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like a person can successfully be a pipe sergeant without being the most proficient player? And or do you feel like there's any level of responsibility for a pipe sergeant to always have, you know, like a solo in their back pocket in case there's a need at a, at a performance of some kind? You know, is the pipe sergeant going to be one of the people who needs to be ready to fill a gap, um, if, if a, a, a playing gap in this case, you know, if that's needed? Um, so, <laughs> yeah. So, should the pipe sergeant be an excellent, the, one of the best players in the band? I certainly hope not, because I'm not. <laughs> um, however, that said, yeah. That I, okay, so, um, it's probably better if your pipe sergeant is Jack Lee, right? Uh, well, um, naturally, yeah. <laughs> yeah. However, if that can't be the case, I, I think that there is a trade-off, right? So, uh, probably the pipe major ought to be the best piper in the in the band, pretty much. I think it, it would be weird for that not to be the case. Yeah. Um, or at least among the most proficient. They're, right. They're at yes, least yeah. going to be playing clean doublings. That kind yeah. Of stuff. If you're lucky enough to have a, a band packed full of very talented people, then that's great. Right? Yeah. But it, it, assuming that's not the case, then yeah, the pipe major should probably be the most proficient piper, and the pipe sergeant probably not that far behind. But actually, I was thinking about this before the interview because, um, you know, I by no means am I a very skilled solo piper. Mm. And um, this was brought home to me recently because uh, Vlasatch actually we hosted a little internal competition. Um, ahead of the competitions, the, f- the formal season, we actually yeah. set up our own solo competition just for ourselves, um, just so that people could kind of get back into the swing of it before we had to had to go out and do like sanctioned contests. Yeah. And um, so I entered, and I didn't do very well. <laughs> Does that hurt more or less than in an official competition? <laughs> um, I, it was it was interesting. It was a data point, uh, shall we say? Yeah. <laughs> so um, you know what? It, I think it. I think that if. So this speaks to the to the um, to the utility of of trying to enter solo competitions because it's it can only help right yeah, that, that yeah. you hear you get to hear how you sound on your own um, because that's very important. Um, but to your point about whether they should be the best piper or high, at a very high level within the band, um, there are some slightly different skills that have to do with playing in a band that aren't the same as being a good soloist. Mm, good point. Um, and and to the to, to the point we talked about earlier about ensemble, um, what you're striving for is a band where the sound and the music is as blended as it possibly can be. Mm. Um, so you don't want a circle full of soloists. Um, you want a circle full of people who have kind of got so grooved with playing with one another that they kind of have an average, I guess, <laughs> that they're yeah. playing to that. Um, and so some of this comes with skill, because um, you would like everyone to be approximately as skillful to be in the same group. And then there's a big component of music choice as well, so the music that you've picked is also at a level that pretty much everybody can play. Um, so given that, 
um, if, if you're saying that the music should be playable by about everybody in the group, then perhaps it doesn't matter if somebody is much better or much less skilled than another person, as long oh, as they can all yeah. play it. Great point. Um, that said, um, that you're, you're not going to have that. You're not going to suddenly have a band full of exactly average players who are all equally skillful. Right. So, um, so part of the trick is trying to figure out how to finesse that as a group. Mm. But, um, but I think yeah. So, so for for me, it always I always felt like it. it the I wouldn't say the standards are lower when you're playing in a band than if you're soloing, but there's less of an eye on you um, specifically. So um, I felt like I, as a as pipe sergeant, even though I knew there were multiple players in the band who were a lot better than I was, I felt like I was I didn't feel like a fraud. <laughs> oh sure, yeah. in that role, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I didn't, yeah. Like like being in the band is about the band. It's like how is the band doing? Is you're one part of the whole rather than being Yeah, yeah. So so does the pipe sergeant need to be a very, very good player? I mean it's, of course it would help if they are, but I mean even if they're not, there's some other skills that would make up for that. Yeah. So I'm imagining um, yeah. like if, if I that if if my hypothetical person that that's just become you know, just, just accepted the the invitation or, or more often probably the the pleading and begging to take <laughs> the pipe sergeant role. Um, yeah. And then I think to myself, all right, well, now I got to be really good because I'm going to be the pipe sergeant, so I'm going to learn some Lincoln Hilton solos. Like, by all means, right. learn some Lincoln Hilton solos. But maybe if I only have so much time in the day and I want to focus on some skills, maybe it's not the same as if I wanted to become a better soloist. The skills I ought to be working on are the things you've been talking about, listening to the really good bands and analyzing that and thinking about ensemble and stuff like that. Yes, I, I would absolutely agree with that but i mean maybe that's just my personal experience of it that's because that's what i did but um yeah i i um i i think that um understanding that you're trying to help the band be as good as it can be mm-hmm. is sort of the is part of that role yeah yeah so you know as as a separate track trying to make your own piping as good as it can be that's sort of a given um but if if since I've agreed to be the pipe sergeant, I can't prioritize my own like solo playing, for example, over the band's playing. Right, your priority. Because if you're, band, yeah. yeah, if you're a, if you're a core member, that's just it. It also sort of applies, but it's kind of understood that you'll also as as the lead as member of the leadership, you you want to assist all the band members in being better band members and better soloists. Sure. So now we're getting into something into other territory here, I guess a little bit. But I guess my thought would be is that when when we go to competitions, um, it's sort of assumed that a good chunk of the band will probably also be soloing. Yeah. And because that's a that is can only be helpful to the band, we highly encourage that. And so as pipe sergeant, I used to make sure that that um, the way was clear for all those core members to both solo and fully participate in the band on those days mm. so that we would have the best outcome either way. Um, and what, so if, what does that look like? Are you helping them get registered with to solo in the preseason, helping them pick out music, um, helping yes. them tune before they go compete? Yes. All, all, <laughs> all those things. Happens. Yes. All the, all that. So, so if that meant that I didn't, I couldn't solo because I was busy helping all the other core members solo, then that's what I did. That takes priority. Yes, that was my choice. I mean, that's how I did it. I mean, maybe you could argue that um, 
the a bit like when you fly on a plane they say put the child's oxygen put your right. oxygen mask on first try yeah. but I, I didn't actually do that but yeah i i i, I ran for yourself first <laughs> yeah <laughs> then then medicine. worry about it <laughs> and worry or beat all of your um, fellow band members and that's then, right yeah <laughs> so yeah although that wouldn't have happened that's, but that's some, a different no, approach right that's like an <laughs> assert dominance approach or something <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. No, but so I, I think I, I haven't soloed regularly for quite a number of years, and I think part of I, the reason I always said it was sort of practically glibly was that um, it's because I was pipe sergeant and I was trying to make sure the band was as healthy as it could be on the day. Yeah. But actually, now I think about it, that is what I mean. I think that was literally what I was trying to do. Yeah. So I was trying to help all the core members be ready for their solos so that they could become better players. Because if you have all your core members be better players, they're probably going to start to sound better when they come together as a band. Mm-hmm. Um, although that's a whole separate thing you have to tweak. But still, you know, if if your feed stuff is good quality, then you're gonna your ingredients are good quality, right? You're gonna make better dishes. So yeah. Um, so if you could lift up all your band members to be to be good soloists, then your band almost certainly is gonna sound better. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I I think you know maybe it's just painfully obvious so it doesn't even need pointing out but i feel like i have seen before where like if there's not much of a focus on soloing within a band then it's it can be really easy especially when a band is strapped for leadership um and and a band is young you know in a lot of ways with a lot of newish players it can be really easy for um uh uh things that could be improved to kind of like slip through the cracks because there's not a lot of individual attention you know, like once once a person has their pipes, it's like, all right, hop in the circle and and they're now one among many. There's not a lot of one on one attention. Whereas if there's a focus on soloing, you get a little more of that sort of like, oh, let me hear your solo. How's it coming along? You know, your throws are a little bit squished. Maybe we could work on some D throws, you know, that kind of thing ends up happening more. Yes. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, the, the flip side to this, of course, is that if um it, it's actually quite beneficial to, for the other members of the band to see leadership soloing if they are. So That's maybe true. it's, you know, That's it's not, it, yeah, so, you know, there's that too, so, which, and so, you know, I've been thinking more and more that I ought to get back into soloing, mm-hmm. That's kind of why I, I, I tried it uh, yeah. again last, last month. So, um, one way or another, yeah, we're always trying to improve, but uh, the trick is finding the best ways to do that. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do, have you guys, um, in Wasatch, have you split up the, the responsibility for, like, leading the melody versus leading the harmony between pipe major and pipe sergeant? When there um, is harmony with the tune, I mean. So, here's, so one of the things that, we, that we've done in Wasatch, I think this is across all bands, is that the um, typically the pipe sergeant does not play any harmonies. Mm. And the reason for that is in case they have to lead... Oh sure, yeah. They'll be leading with the melody, not the harmonies, right? Yeah. Because it would be very. The problem is if any, if we've we've ex- we've drilled all our members to watch the pipe major's hands as much as possible, right? And if the pipe major suddenly starts playing harmonies, then they can it can cause issues. Um, Certainly. Because people watching the pipe major, if they've if they're doing what they've been told, right? <laughs> they may all end up playing the wrong notes. So um, we've te- we've tended to separate the harmony playing from the leadership. I see. No, that makes sense. That I mean, I I don't know if that's what all bands do. That's just the, what we did. Yeah. Um, so, oh, I can um, see sense in yeah. that. So as a result, I haven't played harmonies actually in anything for a number of years. So maybe now I'm not pipe sergeant anymore. I need to request. Yeah. Because I like I like playing harmonies. I always did, but now I can go back to it. Maybe. Right. You can. You got all kinds of things. You can you can focus on. You got some you time now. I have. That's right. Yeah. Soloing harmonies. You name it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Well, uh, what else? Is there anything else that's come to your mind as you've been thinking about how to how to be a good pipe sergeant or what not to do as a pipe sergeant that might be um, useful? I don't know about the don't the do's and the don'ts. Uh, I think we've covered most of what I would have thought would mm-hmm. be the things. You should be a good listener, be a good communicator, um, be a good organizer. Um, I think you know the role also is that of sheepdog. Oh sure. So yeah. you know you, you know on. on with a, especially with a bigger band on the day of competition people can end up wandering off <laughs> not even just competition rehearsal yeah, man. or at any time people <laughs> yeah. people what people wander off right and yeah. so as pipe sergeant one of your jobs is to run is to go off and find the lost sheep and bring them back again so <laughs> yeah. you know, this has especially been true at games that with I've their pipe laying across your shoulders right <laughs> yeah with, with especially Looking. at games and especially when you have teenage members of the band uh, yeah, you get easily yeah. distracted they wander off right and then suddenly it's time you 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 like where is so and so, and then you have to go and find. Them. There they are, so, looking at swords. Come here. That's right, looking at swords. So you know, that's sort of one of the practical matters of yeah. being a pipe sergeant. Is that that I took on that role as well as you know. So once again, so the pipe major could focus on the music. I would go and like round everybody up. Yeah. So, yeah. Lovely. Well, in that case, I think that we've got some. We got an episode here. Well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, my my takeaways would be that um. Uh, I have a, a, a an illustrious future not being a pipe sergeant yeah. coming up right now, so that's good. Um, <laughs> but I hope I hope this was helpful, and um, yeah, I, I think it would be interesting to.